jolie maman Mais pas très souvent là, pourtant elle est forte Fière et délicate avec les Indiana Boys Dans les Indiana Nights And welcome in to Friday, the Friday edition of 444.com's The Most Accurate Podcast. I'm Anthony Stalzer. Joining me as always is 444.com Senior Editor John Paulson. How are we doing today, John? Uh, Anthony, I'm doing pretty good. We had a little bit of technical difficulty on Monday. Uh, you had a little trouble with your, your uh, laptop, which didn't want to cooperate. Uh, it was it was giving us a big giant siren sound instead of uh, uh, my audio, so we had to uh, call an audible and uh, you know good to get that thing sorted out. And now we're back on Friday. We got a lot to cover today. Yeah, and if I sound a little distorted, I apologize. We're still trying to work through those technical difficulties, but we got a good reaction on on Twitter saying, "Hey, listen, uh, don't take away this podcast." So we appreciate the the fact that you were disappointed, uh, and we'll we'll try to again smooth out the the issues that we have. All right, today on the podcast, we'll talk about all the injuries that are affecting Week Six in the NFL, and of course, John will hand out his sneaky starts. Before we do that, tell us about the music today. Oh uh, yeah, this is uh you know we're still in uh, Tom Petty mode here at uh, the, the podcast and this is actually another cover uh, by a band called Freedom Fry and Freedom Fry is an indie pop band from the United States but the lead singer is from, I uh, was born in Paris and this is a French version, uh, French lyrics of uh, Mary Jane's Last Dance uh, it's a pretty cool track uh, they release, they do a lot of covers this band and uh, I thought this was a pretty cool cover of that track by uh, Tom Petty, one of his most famous tracks they also have a uh, another uh, track, uh, I think it's a uh, original song called Shaky Ground, which is real, real good. Go ahead and listen to that if you like uh, this version of Mary Jane's Last Dance. Uh, it's up on up on Spotify. Before we get into, get into the injuries that are affecting Week 6, I want to talk briefly about that Thursday night matchup. It was a good matchup on paper, and it wound up being a pretty good game, although the Eagles were far and away the better team in my eyes. They they win 28-23. to Carson Wentz outplayed Cam Newton, and there's a couple other takeaways that we wanted to get into. From a fantasy perspective, John, what did you take away from last night's Eagles victory over the Panthers? Well, thankfully for Cam Newton owners, I mean, this was shaping up to be a nice matchup for him. Uh, He should put up some uh, fantasy points uh, against the Eagles at home. The pass defense for the Eagles is not very good. So, uh, you know, for 52 attempts for Newton, uh, only 239 yards. That's a yards per attempt of 4.6. That's very disappointing. Uh, he did, did get the touchdown uh, pass to McCaffrey, uh, which came after the uh, the touchdown, not touchdown, that he would have run in. It would have been an extra couple of points for him. He had the three picks, just overthrew uh, badly on the third pick. But thankfully for, for Newton owners, he had the 11 carries for 71 yards and a touchdown. The uh, Panthers could not run the ball at all. On the Eagles, the Eagles look like they're kind of a shutdown run defense, maybe funneling uh, a lot of pass attempts. And that's what happened: 52 pass attempts for Cam Newton, only 25 uh, rush attempts, and 11 of those were Newton carries. So I don't know how many called runs they had, uh, not too many. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin nine for 99, uh, McCaffrey 10 for 56 and a touchdown. I was disappointed in Devin Funchess's uh, three for 36 line, but he did have nine targets, so just inefficient there against a a not-so-good pass defense for the Eagles. And then on the Eagles' side of the ball, pretty, 
pretty typical. I wasn't expecting three touchdowns from Wentz, but maybe two. Uh, but, you know, not a big yardage day for him, 7.4 yards per carry or yards per attempt. Uh, a nice performance, though. I mean, so much, so often these Thursday night road teams really struggle. And to see Wentz go into Carolina, which is a fairly tough matchup for quarterbacks, I think they were eight in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. Uh, go in to th- you know throw three touchdowns, 222 yards. It's a good, give me a good fantasy day. Yeah, 25 yards running. Uh, he's looking like a nice QB one the rest of the way. Uh, Legarrette Blunt dominating that backfield with 14 carries, 65, 67 yards, 4.8 yards per carry. Uh, you know what Wendell Smallwood was still up, and then I, I thought Jeffrey would get going a little bit more than he did, but he had four catches for 71 yards. He's had a really tough schedule, uh, cornerback wise, in terms of his matchups uh, through the first uh, five weeks and. Uh, things are going to start to uh, loosen up for him. He had 10 targets. I was expecting a little bit more from him, but then Zach Ertz got the uh, two touchdowns, five targets, and Nelson Aguilar, four for 55, and a touchdown on seven targets. Torrey Smith didn't do anything, so I think you could probably uh, bet on either Aguilar or Smith doing something each week, but you don't know which one it's going to be. I, I guess the money's on Aguilar at this point because he's been a little bit more consistent. Let's move on to the Ezekiel Elliott decision. So the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals has vacated Elliott's temporary injunction, thereby reinstating his suspension, though Elliott is expected to file a new appeal. Now the Cowboys are on their bye in week six, so this won't affect fantasy owners. Well, it was going to affect the fantasy owners that had Elliott no matter what, uh, looking at either Alfred Morris or, or Darren McFadden moving forward, though. NFL spokesman Joe Lockhart confirmed that Elliott's six-game suspension is now in full effect. What's your takeaway on this? What do you think about McFadden and Alfred Morris moving forward in both PPR and standards, John? Well, as you look forward as to what to do, uh, whether you own Elliott or not, um, kind of, ha- you have to plan for the fact that he's going to be suspended. Now, does it mean he's going to be not going to play in Week Seven? I don't know. Like he's got uh, options. Uh, he can file another restraining order, uh, either in Texas or in New York. Um, if that's granted, uh, if that's he needs to be heard first of all, and we don't know how quickly that'll happen, and then it needs to be granted, and then if that happens, then he can play the rest of the year probably. Um, so we might be very back to where we were uh but you need to plan for the eventuality that he's not going to play through week uh, 12 i think back in week 13 and then then the question is is it darren mcfadden or is it um alfred morris and uh, the assumption heading into the season was that it was darren mcfadden but then uh, he's been a healthy scratch for the first five games and uh i did uh, have a reader send me an article uh, about uh from scott linehan that explained uh, that they were preparing Alfred Morris to start if, in the eventuality that Elliott uh, was going to be suspended week one. And so to me, with, with Morris being active on game days, he's in the lead uh, for the RB1 duties. I think he's still a good running back. I mean, he showed what he's able to do when he was in Washington. He just hasn't uh, had much of an opportunity since then. Um, so I think what we're going to end up seeing is you know McFadden obviously active now. He's a better pass catcher than Morris. Morris doesn't do anything in the passing game, so we're probably going to see a committee uh, with Morris on first and second down, and perhaps McFadden as the third down back, but they've got Rod Smith, they've got Keith, Keith Smith, who were also both active ahead of McFadden, so there's no guarantee that McFadden steps into the passing down role either. Um, so it's kind of muddled, but I do think that, that uh, Morris is the ad, especially in 
standard formats. Uh, I think the, the gap is closer, is more, is more narrow between uh, uh, Morris and McFadden in PPR formats, but I think there's a lot of risk with, with McFadden just not knowing what, where, his, where he's at in terms of the pecking order on the team. I mean, he was running as the RB2 in, in preseason, then all of a sudden was inactive on game day. So that's where we're at. All right, moving on to some of the injury uh, issues for Week 6. Ty Montgomery, here's your update. He's been dealing with the ribs injury. He didn't play last week against Dallas. He said he felt fine after taking hits Thursday in practice. He also said he felt comfortable practicing in a flak jacket. Now, Mike, my question for you, John, and question for fantasy owners that have uh, either Ty Montgomery or Aaron Jones, you know, this rookie emerged last week, so how do you feel that the backfield situation will play out on Sunday? Yeah, uh, just watching the Packers over the years, uh, they're very conservative with with injuries, and if the guy doesn't have a – or – isn't a sure bet to play or isn't uh, 100%, they generally sit him out until he is, uh, unless they have some extenuating circumstance where he really needs to play. Uh, this is a situation where Aaron Jones is running really well, and uh, the Packers could afford to sit Montgomery out another week or two or even three because they have a week eight bye. So that that week eight bye is looming um, pretty large in terms of Montgomery's status because they may elect to just roll with Jones. Um and let Montgomery get another three full weeks to heal. I think the concern is, you know, if they run Montgomery out there, does he take a hard hit? And now uh, it's worse. You know, the rib injury is worse. So that's the decision they're going to make. We should know today uh, if he's questionable, then that means it's truly an an issue. Like, it's truly questionable. The nice thing is is that uh, it's a 10 a.m. Pacific at 1 p.m. Eastern kickoff, so owners won't have to guess as to his status before setting their lineups uh, before the early round of games. Um, but my, my my feeling is that he's going to sit, but if he's questionable and they're, they're talking like he's going to actually might play, then I think you're, you're looking at probably a this week probably a 50-50 split. Um, and then moving forward, I think it's going to be more like 60-40 in Montgomery's favor when he's fully he- healthy. I think jo- uh, Jones has definitely earned a role. Uh, Mike McCarthy... Uh, likes the committee in the backfield. He used Eddie Lacy and uh, James Starks together uh, quite a bit, um, rotated them. So that's what you're probably looking at. And Montgomery's value, a lot of it came from the fact that he was playing 90, 90-95% of the snaps and getting all the running back touches, but I don't think that's going to be the case any longer. Um, and then I would just say this, too, that that McCarthy's very stubborn when it comes to his depth chart. And you know Jones having a good game against uh, Dallas, to me, doesn't mean that he's the RB1 and Green Bay. Uh, Montgomery is a good running back, and even though he didn't run the ball great uh, in the first few games, he did look really good against the Bears. Uh, was over, I think, five yards per carry against the Bears in his brief stint there, and they were really running the ball well in his first drive. Uh, so I think he would go back to being the, the RB1 with, with Jones being uh, uh, a heavily used uh, change of pace back there. Marcus Mariota, he's got the hamstring injury that kept him out last week against the Miami Dolphins. Um, this week, he's been limited in Thursday's practice. Per coach Mike Malarkey, Mariota did do some more practice on Thursday, called his progress positive. Do you see Mariota moving into a week six uh, start here, John, or, or do you think that he's just 50-50 and owners should look for one of the bevy of options that you have listed in your sneaky starts at quarterback this week? Yeah, this is where the questionable slash probable tag, you know, they removed the probable tag from the injury designation this is where it kind of hurts owners because 
you know, on Saturday they're going to release their final injury report for Monday night. And if he were probable, then you could say, okay, he's going to play. And you can use him with, you know, 95, 95%, 90, 95% of teams that, or players that are listed as probable would actually play. Uh, but now it's either they're questionable or they get removed from the injury report. And then that, that way you know they're going to play. Um, and I doubt that he'll be removed from the injury report. So he'll probably go into Monday night questionable. And then owners have a decision to make uh, about whether or not they want to wait until uh, Monday night uh, to see if they can start him now. The good deal, the good thing about this is that he's playing the Colts, and the Colts have a quarterback, Jacoby Brissett, who's one of my sneaky starts, and I think he's got a real nice matchup against the Tennessee Titans. I think they're 31st in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So he's a good pivot if if uh, owners want to play Mariota or want to wait on Mariota and then and then find out that he's inactive, then you can just plug uh, Brissett in there and have him. Uh, ranked uh, as a high-end QB. Stefan Diggs, he remains sidelined at Thursday's practice. He continues to deal with a groin injury. Now, he did tell the media he expects to play on Sunday against the Packers, but I'm thinking that he's not going to be that effective. Do you think that uh, owners should bench Stefan Diggs this week? Well, he's. we'll see what he does this today. Uh, if he doesn't practice at all, I'd be really leery to use him. That means he's very injured, uh, and he has not been one that played well through injury last year so there were seven games where he was listed on the injury report uh, during the week and he averaged four catches for 37 yards and 0.14 touchdowns in those in those six games uh in those seven games rather and those, uh he never cracked the 60 yard mark uh he only scored one touchdown and then there were six games where Diggs, Diggs was not on the injury report he averaged 9.3 catches for 107 yards and uh 0.33 touchdowns on 11.5 targets per game so um lot better when he is fully healthy so I'm fading digs in my rankings the matchup is so good against the Packers that he's still sort of a low-end wide receiver two in my eyes Uh, he is capable of having a good game against a a bad secondary that's not playing very well right now Um, but I'd be leery about using him over you know good options that I have ranked in the top 20. Let's move on to the Jets backfield situation now John Bilal Powell is not practicing Matt Forte is back, but then you got Elijah McGuire, who showed flashes in recent weeks. Are, are any of these guys, whether it be Forte or Elijah McGuire, are, are any of them worth a, um, a play this this weekend? Well, uh, I think if, if Forte were out, then you could look at McGuire as a pretty good start against the against the Patriots. But uh, with with Forte back, I think you're looking at a 50-50 sort of split. I mean, I think you could. I feel probably feel better about McGuire. Uh, if Forte's is coming off this toe injury, because McGuire's at least healthy. Uh, again, this is an early game on Sunday, so owners will have uh, plenty of time to figure out what they want to do uh, once the inactives are released. Paul, but let's talk about all the Giants here. You got Paul Perkins; he remains out. Sterling Shepard is also out against the Broncos, and of course, you have Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall, who are going to be out for the season. Tell, talk to us about the receivers that you maybe like, or maybe Evan Ingram, chance to talk about the, the rookie tight end. And then what are your thoughts about Wayne Gallman and then Orleans Darkwa against this stout Denver defense on Sunday night? Yeah, this is a big change from the, the Chargers who they played last week. The Chargers were terrible against the run this year. Uh, Darkwa actually drew the start and was looking good early. Then he had some sort of a leg injury. Uh, Gallman came in and... Uh, got most of the carries in the second half touches in the second half so this is looking like a committee but uh i'm seeing gallman ranked well ahead of darkwa and i, I had him i had right currently have him ranked ahead of darkwa as well because i'm not assuming that dark was playing but dark was not even on the injury report so that's one of the things i have to do today is get darkwa in the in the rankings and that's going to knock 
uh, Gallman down. This is a bad matchup against the Broncos, so this is not ideal to play any of these guys. There's no clear, there's not even a clear volume play uh, when it's a bad matchup like this. So uh, I'm just basically avoiding this backfield. Uh, Sterling Shepard being out, uh, I am adding uh, Roger Lewis in my bigger leagues because it's looking like he'll be the number two receiver. I wouldn't wouldn't want to use him this week due to the matchup against the, the Broncos. Uh, he's just probably not good enough to, to score much in the way of fantasy points against a really good uh, Denver secondary. So, um, But I think the long term, you could add Lewis. I mean, Shepard's probably not on the waiver wire in most leagues. So um, Lewis is the guy I was looking to add this, this week. One more injury note, and then we'll get on to the sneaky starts. Jack Doyle, he's got a concussion, and he's got a neck problem, but he's practicing in full for week six. Do you think that Doyle is sneaking up into the tight end one range, or is he still a tight end two with Jacoby Brissett? Yeah, with Brissett there, they, there's not as much pass volume as there is with uh, with Andrew Luck, obviously. So Brissett and Doyle do have a pretty good rapport. I think he's playable as like a tight end two if you're streaming the position because it is a good matchup against the Titans, and it does look, it look like he's going to play. Before we get to your sneaky starts, John, I want fantasy football fans to listen up. It's not too late to download the highest-rated fantasy football app. It's called Draft. You play in a, lot, a real live snake draft. Be done in five minutes, and they have uh, weekly leagues, so you don't have to worry about injuries and things like that like you do in your long-term leagues or your season-long leagues. Drafts start every couple of minutes, so you can join one right now for week six. The best part is you can play for cold, hard cash and get this. Your chances of winning are actually 80% better than on those salary cap sites. All new players get free entry into real money drafts when they make their first deposit. All you have to do is use our promo code, which is the number four, F-O-R, and the number four, and you can play in real money games for free using that promo code four for four. Get this, it's it gets even better. Draft is so sure that you're going to love their product, their app, that they're offering our listeners of the Most Accurate Podcast a money-back guarantee of up to $100. All you have to do is just search Draft in your app store or go to draft.com and make sure that you play right now for free using our promo code 4 for 4 Sneaky starts time, John. you got a, a bunch of quarterbacks listed, so I'm going to shut up and let you do your thing. Talk to us about the quarterbacks that you like this week. Well, I was looking at you know at players I want to talk about during during the pod, and I just looked at my sneaky starts for quarterback, and it's just funny. It's just the names that I'm listing there. Uh, never really would have thought most of it. I mean, let me just list them for you. I have Brissett ranked 14th, so Jacoby Brissett ranked 14th. I've got Case Keenum ranked 16th, Trevor Simeon 7th, 17th, Josh McCown at 18th, and then Kevin Hogan at, uh, at 20. So it's kind of a motley crew of, of quarterbacks, but if you look at the matchups and you look at how they're playing, um, they're, they're legitimate starts this week, streaming starts this week. Uh, Brissett's got the number 31 adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, defense, and the Titans. He's facing them. Uh, he's also able to run the ball a little bit. Uh, he's always a threat for a rushing touchdown, which counts 1.5 of a, uh, times a, a pass touchdown in most league, league scoring. Uh, Case Keenum has a great home matchup against the uh, the Packers. Uh, Packers are 18th in just fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, but I think that's a little misleading. They're, they're probably worse than that. Uh, Simeon at home against the Giants. They're 19 in just fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. He plays... Uh, better at home than he has on the road uh, recently. Josh McCown, <laughs> with that matchup against the Patriots, you gotta you gotta like him at home. Uh, you know, against the Patriots who are 29th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks, giving up big games to everyone. 
and then Kevin Hogan you know, getting the start for the for the Browns. Uh, the, the Texans are a good defense overall, but they they haven't fared that well against the pass. Uh, 23rd in adjusted fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. So, uh, you know, he, he came in and looked really good in relief with Deshaun Kaiser uh, last week and showed that he's uh, able to run the ball as well. So, um, was a decent start as well as far as a streamer. I mean, I think he's, most of these guys are better than like Ben Roethlisberger or uh, Blake Bortles, uh, those kind of guys, Flacco, those types of guys this week because uh, the matchups are better. Two running backs, and they're both on the same team. You like Chris Thompson and Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah, Rob Kelly is out, looks like. Uh, for this week and um, I, I think Chris Thompson is the best running back there in Washington and he's, he's most likely to, to have a big game I have him ranked fairly high I think 17th even in standard formats and he's obviously a, a guy who can make a good plays big plays in the passing game as well uh, and then P. Ryan last time um, Kelly sat I think P. Ryan had 20 carries so you know even if he's not the most uh, efficient guy. He's averaging 3.1 yards per carry. Uh, you know, he's still, I think it was 19 carries, actually, had 20 touches. So he had 19 carries for 49 yards and a fumble with one catch for six yards against Oakland. Um, so he should see big volume against San Francisco. This is, this is shaping up to be a, uh, a game where the, the Redskins uh, are in positive game script. Uh, they're able to run the ball there in the second half because they they're nursing a lead. And uh, P. Ryan should see 15 to 20 carries in that role, but I, I think uh, Thompson's more likely to, to score a touchdown uh, in the passing game. I really like this one. You list Alvin Kamara among your running backs. Of course, Adrian Peterson was traded to the Arizona Cardinals earlier this week. So what that means is you have defined roles now in New Orleans with Mark Ingram, who is the clear number one back for the Saints. But Alvin Kamara, the Saints absolutely love him. They traded up for him in the draft, and they're using him more not only in a PPR role, but also getting some some other uh, touches too out of the backfield. So you like Kamara. Yeah, this is uh, the, this trade really freed up um, – both these players, Mark Ingram, who I like a lot more now from a season-long standpoint, and Alvin Kamara, uh, the, 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 the Saints have a good rush, uh, rushing offense in general. They're, I think they were number one in just yard, line yards last year, according to fan, uh, Football Outsiders. They're seventh this year in that metric, so the, the offensive line is creating space. Uh, and then you have Kamara, who had five carries for 25 yards, 10 catches for 71 yards, and a touchdown uh, against Miami in that London game. He had a touchdown the week before in week three. Uh, he's had at least three catches in every game. Uh, so I think he's going to be one of these guys that's ranked in that 15 to 20 range every week, uh, higher in PPR because he's a pass-catching guy. But both he and Ingram are going to be um, are going to be nice plays, I think, the rest of the way in most of these matchups. Taylor Gabriel. I like that you snuck in a Falcon here with Mohamed Sanu out with a hamstring injury. Taylor Gabriel could be a, a nice sneaky start for the Falcons against the Dolphins. Yeah, with Sanu sidelined, I think they're going to, and they have a couple weeks here to prepare for this because they probably knew Sanu was going to miss this game. Um, you know, it was a little weird week four when they lost everyone, and then and then uh, Gabriel had a goose egg, right? Yeah. He's going to do a lot better than that. He did have five targets, and he did play. The key here is he played 80% of the snaps. So, you know, how many games is Taylor Gabriel, big play guy, going to play 80% of the snaps, get five targets, and then not score any fantasy points? I think that's a very strange uh, situation and I think it corrects itself this week when uh, we get Julio back uh, and he's drawing most of the attention right from the from the from the Dolphins def- uh, defense so they're gonna they're gonna scheme Gabriel some plays and 
he should be able to make at least one big play, maybe find the end zone. He's one of these guys that I haven't ranked in the 30s, and I wouldn't be surprised at all if he scores two touchdowns on Sunday. I wouldn't be that surprised if he has one catch for five yards. It's one of these boom-bust plays. And um, I'd be much, much happier with the two touchdowns, John, so hopefully hopefully you're right. Uh, Ricardo Lewis, he caught five of seven targets for 71 yards in last weekend's loss to the Jets, and you've, you have him listed uh, alongside, well, Kevin Hogan starting starting on, on Sunday, so with Kevin Hogan starting, Ricardo Lewis might be a nice play. Yeah, well, I think he would have been a nice play with Kaiser in there, too. Hogan did uh, hit him on a couple passes late in the game uh, in week uh, five, um, but if you look at uh, this is Lewis is kind of flying on the radar because he plays for the Browns, obviously. Kenny Britt's out. He, it looks like he's out. He re-aggravated his injury uh, this week, so he's probably going to sit. Uh, Richard Higgins didn't really capitalize on the good performance that he had a few weeks ago. He's not you know, really posting much in terms of targets or uh, fantasy points. And then you look at Lewis. He's played 86% of the snaps in week four. He played 76% of the snaps in week five. Um, Five catches in both of those games, 64 yards against Cincy in week four, 71 yards uh, against the Jets last week, uh, 17 total targets in those two games. So, you know, not a big not a big guy in terms of, like, scoring touchdowns, uh, as far as we can tell. Uh, the, the Browns aren't going to throw that many touchdowns, so, you know, if they do, it'll probably be to one of their tight ends. Um, but he, he is a PPR guy that can help you, you know, in a week where we're, we're missing a lot of guys during in, due to injury, we're bye weeks, all that. Uh, you know, five catches each of the last two weeks, over 60 yards, both games. You know, he could, he could probably get you 11 to 13 points. Maybe he scores a touchdown and gets you 20. Um, I think he's a, a pretty decent start there if you're desperate. I like this one. I'm, I'm actually starting him in a couple of DFS leagues this week based on your recommendation, John. Talk about Austin Safarian Austin Jenkins, if I can get the name out. Yeah, I think we should maybe rename this pod uh, Austin Safarian <laughs> Jenkins pod because either that or the Jared Cook pod. We're not talking about him this week, but now I just mentioned him. So, uh, but we've been, it seems like we mention him every week because you know he was a preseason favorite of ours uh, with the situation with the Jets receiving core just don't have a whole lot there. Uh, he had obviously turned his life around, quit drinking, lost 25, 30 pounds, was looking like the best offensive player at camp, all that, and. You know, he's come in and, you know, weeks three, four, and five. Five for 31 in week three, six targets. That's pretty good for a tight end. Uh, week four against the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, four for 46 and four targets. Uh, not bad, not great. And then last week against Cleveland, uh, which was a great matchup for him, uh, he had the six catches for 29 yards and a touchdown, and uh, that was on eight targets, uh, playing 83% of the snaps. And, um, you know, I was expecting more from a yardage standpoint from him, but he got the six catches and the touchdown. That was a really nice fantasy day. Uh, for his owners uh, at the tight end position, which is pretty dire right now in terms of when going through the rankings. There's only a handful of guys that are trustworthy, uh, which is why I have uh, Safarian Jenkins ranked fifth or sixth this week. Um, and this is another good matchup. Uh, the, the Patriots are 27th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to tight ends. You know, they, they do have a tendency to take away the, te- the opposing team's best offensive weapon, um, and maybe they focus on Safarian Jenkins. Um, but, you know, Curse has been poking his head up here and there. Robbie Anderson, same thing. They've got the Forte back, potentially. So I think this is a game where the Jets are trailing and they're going to have to throw a lot. I think uh, Jenkins should see 7 to 10 targets and, and have a pretty good yardage day. One more. Zach Miller, you mentioned how tight end owners are kind of in dire straits a little bit, so talk to us about Miller. Yeah, this is kind of a, uh, you know, Zach Miller was a nice 
PPR play last year. Uh, he had some stretches. And this is a situation where you're looking at Mitch Trubisky. and uh, his first game, uh, Miller was the most targeted bear by, by far. I mean, he had seven targets. Um, he had three catches for 39 yards and a touchdown the week before against Green Bay uh, with uh, Mike Lennon under center. He had 45 yards receiving as well and two targets. Um, so he hasn't been playing badly. Uh, he's almost, I mean, he has 39 yards or more in, in uh, four of the five games. So he's, he's involved. And this is a Bears team that has almost no receiving talent. So uh, with Trubisky in there, uh, 28th adjusted uh, fantasy points allowed matchup to tight ends there. Uh, with the with the Ravens, you know, I could see another uh, six to eight targets here for Miller and, and a pretty nice fantasy. Game. All right, before we sign off, uh, John, I always like to give your your guy a little love because he certainly does on his website as well. RP uh, Excel, RP Excel and um, John, I didn't know if you had a chance to look at his his picks yet. Uh, I, I dove in there, and um, I will give you one. He's got a best bet on the Ravens covering at home as a seven point favorite against the Bears. So, always want to give John's guy a little love as well at the end of our four for four podcast. Yeah, he's uh, been doing a good job, and um, this year I think they've, he's the prediction tracker. I think is the name of the uh, site that uh, documents all the picks, and he's been uh, in the top ten again this year. So, good job. Monday, we'll be back with you. Hopefully, we'll iron out a lot of the technical problems that we're having. We do apologize about that, but we wanted to make sure that you get a, a podcast heading into the weekend with all the injuries and John's sneaky starts, always one of the most popular seg- segments in our podcast. Uh, good luck this weekend. Hope- hopefully, you win any league that you're in. We'll see you on uh, Mondays. Actually, let me let me throw out some Twitter for you. At 444 underscore John, you can follow him on Twitter. You can follow me at Anthony Stalter. Um, but we'll see you next time on the Most Accurate Podcast. Again, good luck this weekend. We'll see you on Monday. Oh, my God. Oh, hell yes. If I could